Yo, it is lunchbox. And mud bud, I'm doing mine too. You just took that nice milker. I'm taking a, a reverse milker. A reverse. Man, so we so we we back. We ain't dead, you know. We 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 been busy. Well, a, a lot of it, a lot of it is really this. Uh, you work your ass off, man. It's been 110 degrees up here in this part of uh, Northern California, and when you're running big ass plants outside in 110 degree weather, they're thirsty, and you're out there, and the second you get inside, your ass is drained. So the indoor had actually been getting not as much loving as it needed because the sun, I mean, you know, usually, because a lot of things are harvested now, so it's not, you know, like this morning was perfect. Because uh, you and yeah. I were like, all right, fuck, we could actually, we could actually pull this off today. Yeah. That's how busy we've been, but. <laughs> so, uh, I, it's funny because last night, actually, was an interesting evening uh a lot of you people from some in some way shape or form if you're a stoner and you've read any stoner publication or any, you've probably heard of oaksterdam it's uh it's in east oakland and it's a staple i mean it's a california cannabis staple and um they oh god they got famously raided and all this shit it was bullshit but anyway, they persevered, you know, they, they just said, fuck it, we're, you know. But anyway, they had an Oaksterdam basically cup where you bring your weed and it's judged. And so um, I had been working on this, and I, and I knew from the beginning it was special. And as it was growing, I was like, show, you show me something that's going to fucking beat this. Well, it's a 1996 stump. I was giving it. By a good buddy of mine that lives in Santa Cruz, but he's just, he only grows shit that comes from Santa Cruz. Like, I've never seen someone so loyal to their coastal town that they only grow shit that's from that area. But a lot of good shit's from Santa Cruz, so. And he knows Skunkman Sam, who is the, uh, basically the skunk master. And this 96 cut, man. I knew that it was, it, it smells like lime, skunk spray, and a little bit of like old school chem dog, and the bud structure is just, just beautiful. Well, anyway, I won the Indica, best Indica variety. There were multiple, you know, yeah, there was, I think they had hybrid, uh, Sativa Indica, CBD hemp. And by the way, Lunchbox, the bud that won the hemp competition part? Yeah. I was I was actually impressed. I didn't smoke any of it, but I looked at it. I said, "That's hemp." Oh yeah, that's hemp. I said, "Man, I that looks like a big fucking honker." Yeah, that's what we get down here in the in the weed in the in the in the, in the CBD we, uh, shops. <laughs> I mean, I've seen. Yeah, it's. A, I can see how places like North Carolina, man. I give them a hard time because they 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 do kind of the same thing in these coastal towns. When I when I go uh, back to North Carolina, there'll be these shops and they have this you know cannabis leaf painted on the fucking outside, and they got jars of flour and it's like jars of like CBN and that stuff tastes like shit. All right, and they got like wax. uh, It's just funny. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 
But they have it presented. They have it presented like a, uh, you know, like a weed shop out here. Yeah. You know. Crack me up. And it's all just, yeah. So, what's crazy is last night there was a lot of good cannabis there. A lot of good cannabis, and um, and because I won that skunk part, uh, a couple other people I met, and uh, there was a dude who won the best all around, and he's a cookies guy. He's a, but when I say cookies guy, he he actually breeds the shit. He's not he's not out there on hanging out with rappers and trying to be in music videos. This guy's grinding in the garden. He's not burner. It's, I mean, he's one of burner's people. He's one of his. But this dude's a farmer. That's why we got along and could talk. So anyway, he won best all around with Cushman's, which is cookies, and I'm smoking on that right now. Fire. And I gotta tell you, man, there. I mean, it won best all around in, in, in the cup, you know. So it's it's pretty fucking impressive. Now, one thing that's the most impressive about it, uh, not just the smell and the, the bag appeal, but the taste. The taste matches the smell exactly. Like I'll tell you. I mean. When you blow through your nose, you get this cherry gas. And then the palate <laughs> just tastes like <laughs> classic, classic, um, just old school gas, funk. You can tell it's a cookies family. <coughs> you know, it's good. It's good. But they had these two, they had these two smoking sections, right? One was for the participants and the other one was for the people there yeah and i was smoking in the one that was uh for the for the entry the entry people yeah well Barner was back there and he has these fucking sunglasses and a little crew around him and they're all decked out they all got sunglasses let me tell you something that guy he's 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 just the master marketer he's that's 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 what he is and I was glad to see other true breeders and gardeners there. We all know that about Burner. But none of us knock it because we're like, you know what? Deep down, we're like, yeah, he's, he, he has the right people on his side. And he has the right people breeding his shit. Uh, but he's taking all the credit for it. I mean, now that Cushman's won... Uh, <clears throat> that shit's probably if somebody goes to a dispensary today in Oakland uh, and asks for this ounce of Cushman's, it'll probably be five sixty. And that that's just that's really unbelievably ridiculous. But, uh, but I do have a funny story for you about last night lunchbox. It's fucking uh, yeah. hilarious. Um, Tell me the story. Uh, one of the categories. Well, one of the categories was outdoor, and there was a guy. And uh, he introduced himself, but he I, he had this girl with him, I guess his girlfriend, and her name was Bella. And that's and I was like, hello, Bella. Because, listen, this dude, he looked kind of like a goofball, and uh, he was about 6'5", just skinny. And he had this uh, really smoking chick with him. And uh, she was all, you know, dolled up. She's at the big cannabis event with her boyfriend, and he's... He, he's I'm sure he's been telling her he's got the best weed in fucking California. And um, so 
He comes over and he uh, pulls out a Ziploc bag because he smells the Cushmans wherever they're smoking Cushmans. And it, it was, yeah, it, you could smell that above everything in that fucking room. And he walked over and he brought over a couple of his nugs that he grew outdoor. And in front of this dolled out chick, and he was dead serious too, like Fox. He pulled out like two fat nugs of straight bammer. Bammer, all right. You don't you know, fill these fools in that don't know what bammer is. <laughs> well, bammer is a it's number one. It's a it's not a good thing. So if you show up somewhere and you have the worst weed possible, or it makes you even question if it's even weed at all, or weed that was grown terribly, uh, no taste, no high, it just appears to be some sort of weed of some kind. That's bammer. You know, you've got you guys. It's funny. We have we you you have bammers, then you have lows, and then you have mids, and then you have fire. And Bammer is the bottom of the, of the uh, feeding scale of the entire cannabis thing. So you don't want Bammer. And you certainly don't want to enter it in a cup. And you certainly don't want to walk up to people with cup-winning indoor stuff with your Bammer. Because all we're going to do is talk to your girlfriend. And so, Bella, it was really funny. Because, uh, of course, Bella liked it. I mean, I didn't thought, yeah, not, not that way. I wish, but um, I was so stoned. Uh, but I would have loved to have just said, listen, baby, this is what weed is. Come on. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't have done that dude that way. I, if anything, I'd say, good for you, buddy. You've got some bammer weed, but you've got a, you've got a hell of a, hell of a good-looking girlfriend. <laughs> but your weed sucks. <laughs> and I don't think he, um, but I don't think he, uh, uh, placed or anything, but he entered it, you know, hey, he was that confident. You gotta be confident enough to uh, enter your stuff into a cup, you know? It takes, uh, I mean, people, people can look at that shit and, you know, it can be, you can really honestly think to yourself that it's great, but it's it's just, in reality, it's bammer. And you're gonna be told that it's bammer at a cup like that. And, um, I think the 96 did so well because of the rarity people are really trying to find skunk turps now and get that really funky ass smell back into the mix but um there was a lot of other people there you know i saw ed rosenthal he's a big uh talked to him briefly um he wrote like the cannabis bible and all that stuff but i can tell you a million people that i'd listen to over him but he i i to me I think he started with good intentions, but now he's just a, he's just a total, he's a businessman, dude. He wants to sell you a book, man. He ain't trying to fucking pass cuts around or anything. He's trying, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, uh, but there were some other uh, people there that I was like, holy shit. And one being, check it out, Lunchbox, do you know who was there, dude? Who was there? David Byrne. Oh, fuck. Hell yeah. So for you, it's, uh, it's well-known facts here that Lunchbox and Mudbutt have a vast uh, 
What would you say, Lunchbox? Would you say fucking straight music is woven into the fabric of our souls? Straight up, and not just one specific right. genre. No, right. Yeah, no, no, no. Not like... We're, I mean, we're, we're talking... We can go from, like, Belinda Carlisle to, to, to fucking uh, Five Finger Death Punch in the same music set. Dude, I was tripping the other day. My Spotify had my light songs playing, and it went from... Uh, Body Count, which is like super heavy metal, to yeah. like some, some, I forgot what it was fucking, the next one was Wheeler, a Wheeler Walker country song, and then oh, it, then yeah. it was uh, some old Eminem, and then it was Lil Rob and then Baby Bash, like it went like eight different genres in a row. That's, that's <laughs> a true, that's a true music aficionado, so, so for those of you, She must be a big fan, and like, cause she's I, all over the fucking place. She's all over the place. So I mean, like, she yeah, did some shit with Metallica, fucking. Well, you know Lars is gonna be there. Dude, that's rad. W- which Lars? Yeah, well, I think or... it is, it's a bunch of it's a bunch of different drummers. Is that's if you look at the lineup, a lot Geezer Butler from from Black Sabbath is gonna be there. By the way. Uh, but but Danny Carey, Lars Ulrich, Chad Channing, but the, you know it's Chad Channing. You know Dave Grohl was the second drummer. He, he's he's not even the second. Dave Grohl was the final drummer in Nirvana. Okay. Chad Channing. Yeah, like you hear that song like in Bloom. You know. So that's Chad Channing doing that. You know? Yeah. So he's gonna be there, and Chris Novoselic is gonna be there, but he's a bass player. But you know, Miles Cyrus. I mean, you know, you, you see names like Eddie Lee, Alex Lyson from Rush. Uh, you know, Mars Uh, Keezer Butler. Um, which I, I'm Stuart Copeland. That's 
I've always put he's from the police guys uh, not not the fucking pigs but the actual band the police uh, <laughs> awesome drummer Fuck awesome yeah. drummer awesome drummer yeah but that. so but that's gonna be see that's a one off event there's a lot of there's a lot of, and we talked about this the last time we had a, a podcast but there are still some bands right now that are they are calling it for what it is. Hey, look, I can't do this anymore, but I want to get a couple more dates in. But before the podcast, Lunchbox was asking me, he said, my buddy, I'm trying to figure out what concert to go to. And one of the choices was Elton John. And I was like, you know, Lunchbox, I don't think that would be a good one because I've been to Elton John, but, but I saw Elton John in 2012 and it was in a smaller arena but I but the biggest thing that I remember is that everything was drowned out by the piano so if you're not really cool with only hearing the piano and nothing else then go for it but I just don't I, I don't I think you would be a little disappointed and everything is toned down I mean it was toned down um, I mean, even some of his, like, Saturday Night's All Right for fighting. I mean, that, dude, you should play that song like... Da, 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 yeah. It's just not being played like that anymore. And, um, that song that was, did make you go 100 miles an hour. No, shit, that's the song you listen to with the windows down going over the fucking bridge that's a song they you were doing coke a lot lines of coke with in the de- back in the 80s getting down yeah that's a serious <laughs> party song man that's a serious party song so it's almost like a musical crime of some sort to slow it down like they're doing but i think that's the best he can do he can't he, can't, he, he, he uh, can't do it no more no i mean he's still got a good voice and I think that that's carrying him through. But he has a good voice in a certain range. He knows where he can. He knows where he can sing. At he knows his limits. Unlike Paul, Mister Mister Paul Stanley. Ooh. How you, you know, doing, you know, people? Kisses. I mean, was, okay. So when was the last time you saw Kiss? Fucking like two or three years ago. So. Does anything stand out from the last time you saw Kiss, one way or the other? Their, their farewell tour still going. Well, besides that, <laughs> that's fucking insane. That's a, that's a whole story altogether. That's a, that fucking farewell tour's been going on. It's so funny, man. In 1999, they made it very clear. They were like, we just didn't want to stay too long at the party. We wanted to love it. the whole spiel. And then, you know, they keep on and on and on. Oh, I thought your farewell tour was the night. And, oh, no, that was a farewell to it's like, dude, man. don't really, dude. <coughs> just say, hey, man. I, we thought it was. I mean, Ozzy Osbourne. There was something wrong with him in the early '90s, and in like '92, he had no more tours. Okay, he was retiring. But whatever. What the problem was uh, is, 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 so in 1995, when Osmosis comes out, what's the name of the tour that year? Retirement. The Retirement Sucks tour. Couldn't Kiss do something like that instead of just continually calling the Pharaoh tour something along those lines? End of the road. Yeah. Last tour ever. Retirement sucks tour. That's just, that just a riff on it. Like, yeah, I did retire and yeah. it sucked. <laughs> yes, and it sucked. 
I, I don't know exactly what it was. It was a medical issue, but it was that it was like, yeah, and it was the No More Tours concert, the uh, tour. But you know, hey, I, whatever it was was taken care of. And in 1995, he had a brand new album, had that badass song on there. I just want you. I just want you. Bitchy tune, man. Bitchy yeah. the yeah, so, last that, single was dope as shit. Under the graveyard. I think he's. You know, it's just the way that his voice still can be thrown into really heavy music, man. It, it, yeah, it is a good song. His voice it's is made song. for heavy music. It's made for heavy music for sure, and it can fit in really well. And it's and, a trip because uh, when in conversation, you can't understand a damn word the guy's saying. But he can sing. But even, but but the thing about any concert is like, okay, so even like Mr. Crowley, if you were to play Mr. Crowley live, you know that like synthesized intro. They may play a pre-recording of that until the actual music starts, but that's where it stops. Bands now do like Kiss. Kiss is a perfect example. And those dudes that's gotten their money back through Ticketmaster, they are playing to tracks. Like you, you were talking, you were listening to two big Kiss fans. Like when it really comes down to it, like interrogation chair, hell yeah, we're Kiss fans. But neither one of us are very impressed with Kiss right now. Yeah. And, and I wouldn't see him again. And that's why you know, you know that that's why they're touring in these. Random spots right now. And festivals. And in these random countries. And festivals. Yeah. That, it, to places, places that guarantee a crowd that's not necessarily for them. That way they can say, I played to 10,000 people. And these people went to a big fucking festival and you were there. And, uh, <laughs> they're going, yeah, and they're going to, they're going to little European countries where, like, concerts at all just don't happen. Yeah. So, of course they're going to draw a crowd because people, the co- the commercials they're getting over there are like from the 80s. And they're just, you know, there's been some really funny videos on YouTube uh, about Paul Stanley being terrible. Like, what are some of your, like, Paul yeah. Stanley, there's so much material, man, but like, what's... Tell me your. What do you think your top three top? What do you? What's your top three? Either Paul Stanley lines or Paul Stanley events, or you know what I'm going or or Paul Stanley something. Top three. Like uh, you mean like Paul Stanley like something he's done? If it's not, it, 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 this is why. Yeah, it, anything, anything goes. Top three. Paul Stanley. It, it's either something he said or something he's done. Okay. Um. Let's see. Shit, dude, I'm fucking really high. Um, well, just fuck, man. Hell, hell, you could have three the, the, just the, from the fucking Sonic Boom tour we went Dude, fucking, uh... Yeah. Um, well, it's not specifically Spot Paul Stanley, but that one dude that we ran into outside the, the show that was mocking him just like we were, How you doing, Pensacola? And we yeah, heard him, and yeah. we fucking answered him like it in the same tone. Um, yeah, no, man, because a lot of people, a lot of people, like, really take that shit serious, but I, I guess, it's just, I guess where I was going with that is to talk about how ridiculous Paul Stanley is. Like, my, my I, I have, a, the one of mine was 
when, when we were at the art gallery as a kid, he was doing these fucking paintings. And, uh, dude, my dad was ready to knock him out. And, uh, he was selling those dumbass paintings. And, uh, they were expensive. They were like five, six, seven thousand dollars. And Paul Stanley was like, I'm going to give you the same thing I'm going to give you. And I'm going to give you the same thing I'm going to give you. That's absolutely nothing. Now, if you want to buy some, this is not a rock concert. This is the Kiss convention. Uh, if you want to buy some of my artwork, I'll be glad to spend some time with you. And there was a lot of kids there. There was a lot of Kiss fans there. And and he just snubbed these people. And the people that came in were just like rich douchebags that, were, that could not name you. If you ask them what they thought about the album Rock and Roll Over... They look at you like you have fucking five heads. They don't know about rock and roll over. They have no fucking idea. They couldn't name five Kiss albums, and they have over like thirty something. And and that's that's how it's going with concerts too. Like you know, Bruce Springsteen, he uh, he's always built himself as the working man's blue collar music. It's like, well, uh, your actions say douchebag. Uh, because you're charging 3k for your ticket that's not exactly blue collar prices now or ever especially in fucking 2022 right three grand on a concert ticket would you even see okay would you even pay a hundred bucks to see bruce springsteen big girl no i don't think i would either man I don't think I would either. And you're talking to two people who bought Guns N' Roses tickets and paid good money for them and passed out and didn't even go to the show. Yeah, I'm so mad about that. We didn't go to that. Well, we got high, man. Classic Afro, man. Hey, dude. That, that, that's a story on its own right there. Hey, yeah. Uh, but a lot of bands are doing this, though, man. Because like, even that Foo Fighters concert... I'm so lucky that I did not have to pay for that ticket because if you if you go to the Kia Kia Arena thing, it says the concert's sold out, and it is sold out. But you know, there's there's aftermarket people selling tickets. Yeah. And uh, general admission floor, dude, is like two thousand dollars, which technically you could get front row if you're there early enough and you. Bulldog your way in there quick enough and just sprint to the front and fucking stay put. Yeah. But, you know, you, you better be ready to piss your pants because uh, you ain't leaving that spot. You best get you a, uh, a, a condom catheter. Get you, put you a diaper on! <laughs> but, you know, hey... But these, you know, those, that's a lot of money. And the tickets that are even, not even affordable, but the, but the $400 tickets are behind the stage, behind the screen. Like, their backs are to you the entire time. You know? Yeah. And there's some people like, oh, but I'm in the door. Nah, dude. Nah, I've got a general admission floor ticket, and wherever I end up down there is wherever I end up. I just want to see, I just think that it's, this is our generation's concert for George Harrison. This is our generation's concert for Freddie. Yeah. Yeah. But didn't you, didn't you go to a rather interesting, uh, 
Springsteen concert recently. Oh man, so, dude, I know you. I know you. You'll, you'll remember this band from back in our in our prime. You little crazy, <laughs> crazy town. You know, fucking. Yeah, what exactly? What, what do they sing? Big? That that song. Sing, uh, big? that song, Butterfly. You know, fucking. Dude, I'm high. I can't Sugar eat. baby. Yeah, something like that. Sugar, baby, butter, you're my butterfly, sugar, baby. Yeah. I all these fucking girls in high school. I, I think I was a freshman in high school, maybe. Dude. And uh, that was, and all these fucking girls out there, you know, oh, yeah. But, yeah it, was, it was dope. My it was butterfly. Crazy Town. Sugar, and then baby. The headliner was Trapped. And Trapped put on a pretty big and, show. Uh, now, how do they sound live now, Trapped as a whole? Like, I know they, you know, I like Echo and a couple songs, but, like, as far as, how do they, how do they sound live? Um, they didn't sound bad. I mean, probably in a different venue with different sound equipment. It probably just sound a little bit uh, better. Um, but overall, it yeah, wasn't bad. But the, but the best part of the night was during the day and the evening before the concert, and it was the micro midget wrestling. <laughs> Those pictures were insane, man. They were like midget butt crack everywhere. <laughs> I got put in that headlock like, by one of the fucking midgets at the end of yeah, the night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like this by a bunch of midgets in a restaurant and I was like, alright. <laughs> <laughs> it was a hell of a night. Fucking. I was like, I guess Lunchbox fell with something to get into to tonight. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> and then that fucking, that fat whatever midget had his ass uh, just doing one of those full moon Rikishi face, slams. Face slams. Was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that little dude's arms just flailing everywhere, like. <laughs> I yeah, was fucking dying. That's another, uh, um. Yeah, we uh, we've been finding new ways to stay tan, man, and we figured uh, we were gonna start tanning our bare sphincter and get our. A lot of people call it grundle, your grundle, and uh, and that's okay. Uh. But medically, we like to be, uh, we're, we're smart around here. I mean, for Christ's sake, the lunchbox, he's, uh, he, he's damn near an architect by now, you know. So we're going to call it what it is. It's a perineum. We're gonna, uh, it's a spot yeah, we're, between your... Uh, we're smart. We're, we're smart. <laughs> so we're, hey, we, we let the sun penetrate our bare sphincter. Uh, and we, uh, you know... It, Just lean backwards and spread fucking, you know, just open shop. 
And let that morning sun just bounce right off, dude. Make sure you're not in, like, <laughs> the vicinity of kids in a public space or at, at facing the school. Well, that's true. You really don't, you really gotta be careful where you do that. Check with your local municipalities. Uh, we don't want to get anybody in trouble. Yeah. We don't want to get anybody in trouble. I mean, I'd only do that if you have a, a lot of private property. Or you're or, in San Francisco. Uh, On the sidewalk. Stretches in East Oakland on the sidewalk, sure. Oh, we can go over the fucking over, uh, over the Presidio and over the, or yeah, the, or the what's yeah. it called? The, um, where's the Barcadero? The Barcadero. Where's, where's that one skate park by the fucking uh by the? Oh man, over uh the, the one you like, the old one from the eighties. Uh, isn't that solo? Nah, that's the under the underpass. Uh, Cause you, you know that was you know that was rated one of the best skate parks in the country. Yeah. Nah, this one. Uh, no, I like the, the, the uh, I like a couple of them that y'all would go to. It's uh, the uh. uh the start Petrera? of the F. What? Huh? Is it it went Petrero, was it? Sunset. Uh, I think it Mama, might be Petrero. Uh, I think it might be. Well, what's the district right there by the by the fucking by the Facebook hospital? Oh yeah, that's that's uh, that's Petrero. That's the one with that sick ass fucking bowl, bowl that's all yeah. tagged up. You can see it from the road. Yeah. When you when yeah you can see that shit from the road and it's it's fucking beautiful, man. That skate park it always makes me wish I could skate when I go past that skate park because I'm like, man, that bowl. So fucking awesome. Man. Just get you a board and ride it. Go get you a long board that the wheels set out. I ain't gonna ride that fucking thing. Hey, ride it like a wave. Because I got a broke shoulder. Yeah, you can't be getting I'm hurt. Be you got you, you got a fight coming up. That's uh, something. That's uh, something man, new that you. Why can't you fight? That's that's something new that's had came up since our last podcast. Mud butt. Well, I grew up wrestling. Yeah, I grew up wrestling, and I just figured. But I, mean, I took a long time off, you know. There's uh, when you wrestle at that level that I wrestled at. I mean, I wrestled since I was four years old, and I didn't wrestle because, you know, I wanted something to do in the winter. I didn't wrestle, you know. I wrestled to fucking win, and uh, and had that mindset since age four. I mean, wrestled Division One, uh, you know, at on the world level. I've won a couple of national international tournaments so, I mean it's you know I have a cousin that won the Olympics and uh, I just had high standards for myself uh, as somebody does at that level and, you know um, I did not I wrestled in the Navy I wrestled for the Navy there were fucking hundreds of people that tried out uh, for that uh, position and you know I made that team but shortly after all that were the regional Olympic trials for the 2012 Olympics, and you know, I, I did not do well. I just did not fucking do well. I didn't perform. I was, I don't know what it was. I was out wrestled every time, and I was put out, and it was like, it. I, I don't know. Like, it, it sucked worse than a breakup, like from a long, like from a chick that, you know, would just clean your asshole out and best lay ever. She's out the door. This sucked worse than that. Because this was actually heartbreaking. And, 
it devastated me for a long time. I was like, I'm done. I'm not going to coach. I don't, I don't want to see a fucking pair of wrestling shoes. I just want to forget about it. And that's how I dealt with it for damn near a decade. And uh, there have just been a lot of people from my team that I grew up with, my college team and international teams in particular. And one thing I noticed with all of these fucking guys is they're all in the fucking UFC now. And I'm like, so you know, I reach out to them. A uh, buddy of mine that was a teammate of mine, I reached out to him and he fights in the UFC, Derek Brunson. I'm like, what's going, you know, what's what's up, you know? So it just kind of, the bug had always been put in my ear about, you know, yeah, man, you just need to work on, on this, your wrestling's fine, work on ground striking and do some uh, you know, other MMA things like some Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu even a little taekwondo to change maybe a a setup for a throw or something but you know i was like you know i'm not getting any younger uh there's a guy in in the uh usc that that was on my team there's there's three there's three fucking people in the ufc that were on my roster in college it's insane so they just encouraged me to fight again, and that was a fight, and, uh, around, well, this is a, a little bit ago, but, um, there's a, um, there's, well, hell, I'm so stoned, I was, I was got back to thinking about that fucking fight, but I got ahead of myself, I was thinking about the fight before I started talking about it, but anyway, so, um, I trained for a while, was going to a gym, uh, a UFC sanctioned gym, and was rolling around, and my wrestling was fine, but once I started uh, doing live rounds with people, one of the, the thing that I was lacking was a wind tank. I used to be able to fucking go 90-minute grind matches, and that was the one thing that I had to be very realistic about, is, okay, I have the, I have the wrestling down, I would even say I have the striking down, but I don't have the fucking cardio down. So I had an exhibition fight and just caught him. I, I mean, that's always my go-to. I'll, I'll tell you, that's the thing. I don't care if your my opponent knows. I'm I'm going to clear your hands. I'm past your hands. I'm going to clear them, and I'm going to high crotch you, and I'm going to go, and I'm going to take that high crotch and switch it to a blast double. And we're gonna, and, and that's we're going straight on the ground. <laughs> and um, whatever goes from there, you you might kick my ass, but I might kick your, I might I might kick your ass too. But because it's you know that's that's like fight fight for real fight. And Lunchbox, he's pulled me off of some fights in his life, and um, I don't know. I just went to an exhibition fight and did well, and then there was actually. Uh, uh, an opportunity to um, to do a actual like prelim, but you know you have to take that shit serious. You can get hurt, man, because I have weak spots on me. And I've talked to I have, lunchbox knows where they are. Yeah. But it, it, I'll tell you this: it ain't it ain't punching me in the face. I'll tell you that. Yeah. But um, so I I trained and. There was an event in Modesto, and it was, 
very big event. A lot of there was a lot of prelim people fighting uh, to get their first, um, you know, amateur fight in. Yeah. So there was a, there was a pretty pretty long list of people, and I and I was one of those. And uh, the guy that I fought, I, I I just still don't even view that as a. He, he, I don't consider that a, a real true fight. I mean, I, I kicked his ass fast. And he punched hard, but he had no business fighting in, in that situation. It was, so it's, I'm actually interested in December because... Uh, the next one. This guy is actually... Uh, That's your next one is December, right? Yeah, yeah, and this, this dude, he's pretty good, and, um, because the first dude, I mean, he, he was done before 40 seconds, yeah. you know, which was good for me because of my wind tank, but if I was breathing heavy even after that, but I was, I mean, I did, I, I was, I had a rear naked choking and I was squeezing, so, you know, you put all your energy into that, but, um, I only have realistically like like well like people like tj dillashaw he's 37 you know there's been other people that fight into 39 40 but i i know i know that uh once i hit probably 40 41 that's it so i really only have a little and fights are stretched out that's the thing you know yeah there's like a man there's a mandatory window so that's why it's now or never and i decided i was i was gonna base it off of that one fight in modesto like okay but i kicked that guy's ass so fast and realized that this this guy's probably been in a couple hundred fights in his life but he opened himself up immediately because i'm not gonna fill you out you know i'm not gonna get in there yeah, I'm a stalker. I get in there. I, I, I go. I just do not give you a chance. I, I, I go instead. And and that, and that was really my bread and butter in wrestling too. Our coach preached stalking. As soon as the match starts, you got your hands up instead of down like wherever by your side. You have your hands pretty much in front of your face, and it's and you go straight towards his face, and it throws him off, man. And in situations like that where they just kind of assume. When the bell rings, you're gonna kind of no, uh, uh-uh, uh, uh-uh. I'm, I'm, coming. I'm coming at you. I'm coming. But, um, <laughs> but uh, it, and if that doesn't work, I'll go to midget wrestling. <laughs> but no, but for real though, uh, that was some of the funniest fucking pictures that I had seen. And what what event was that even? It was some fucking concert. And yeah, no, like, no, what I mean, was it that, no, the midget wrestling, is that some kind of, like, actual, was that just for that night, or is this, like, a traveling midget wrestling league? It was a traveling midget, uh, micro wrestling federation. <laughs> so these dudes they were in, they were in Norwalk, like, Connecticut last do. night. Oh my god, dude, so that, could you imagine, cause you know what, I, you, just like you, we're both, uh, old school wrestling fans and I like Jim Cornette and he has a good podcast I listen to him quite a bit and he tells old funny wrestling stories but I, dude I could not imagine traveling with those motherfuckers I mean the, this <laughs> could you imagine traveling on a fucking rotating midget wrestling schedule 
That's insane. Staying in hotels and going to little freak show matches and putting ass right in your face. Yeah, and then they had the whole they had the fucking the whole Rocher. They had the the fucking the the little fucking uh. The luchadors with the mask. They had the fucking the, the chicks. Yeah. Fucking. That's uh, really funny, man. Dude, it was hilarious. I mean, hey, put that, put that, put that midget power to use, man. Because, dude, if you're a midget and you don't really give a shit about people, uh, you know, hiring you for human bowling or something. You can make pretty good fucking money, man. Like, okay. I've, I've known people that have uh, hired a midget. I mean, it's just, you know, hey, they ad- the midget advertises it. You know what I mean? Straight up. Like... I've had, I've had some people call me the worst names ever for doing that. And I said, well, first of all, it's not like I just walked up to some little person on the street and said, hey, can I hire you for three hours to use you for human bowling? Yeah. You know, this dude... <laughs> advertised as hey I'm a midget and you can rent me for bachelor parties and parties you know you I do human uh, human fucking bowling you can just throw my ass up the hallway <laughs> cool you know he hires himself out for that and that's that's what it is somebody I, I had a girlfriend and she was like I can't believe y'all did that that is so terrible I was like well, well shit baby he he, he that's what he does. That's how this man I saw on my phone get the Google like the news headlines and shit. 
one popped up the other day and yeah. said, uh, just that, just now, just come out like Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons are they only associate on stage, like they're not homies off stage. Oh, sure. I, I was like, yeah, I figured. Uh-uh. <laughs> no way, no, they're business partners, dude. It's like, it's funny, man, because like back when like 5150 and OU812 was written, you know, they lived next to Sammy and Eddie, they lived next to each other, man. And Eddie would come over in the middle of the night and jam, you know, that's, that's, that's cool. Yeah. But yeah, dude, Gene and Paul, they probably don't see each other until fucking sound check, dude. If that. If that. They, and that's in, because sometimes they, uh, they'll send their fucking, uh, Text out there to do sound check. Oh, dude! One will go out there and the other. That one—that was what was cool about Trapped. Their guitarist did his own sound check. Yeah, man, I, do your own sound check. I've always been a, like, cause number one—that's like—I mean, I know that that's generally done during a time that the doors are closed, but every now and then. Uh, They'll let you in, and they just have a late sound check or something. That happened with Ace Frehley. They um, uh, they were late, and so when they let the when the doors open, Ace was uh, finishing up his own sound check. And I'm like, dude, Ace Frehley was doing his own sound check, dude. You know? Yeah, like that's dope. I was cracking up because I was like, man, they got this old ass dude up here doing a fucking sound check. And then five yeah. minutes later, it come back out. It's the fucking guitarist. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dude, they try to say, well, this thing, you know, the, the, I would say uh, the best Kiss lineup, uh, my top three. I'm, I'll tell you my top three, and, and then uh, see if you can give me a top, what your top three is. All right. As far as Kiss incarnations, right, out of... Number one for me is always going to be Kiss, the original Kiss, yeah. Peter Paul, Ace, and G. But my second one, I kind of like, is Eric Carr, Vinnie Vincent, Gene and Paul. And then I like my third one is probably the Alive Three, uh, Bruce Kulick, Eric Singer, Gene and Paul. That's my top three. That's uh, the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because that's, that's about... Uh, that's three good areas. Mark St. John... Well, Mark St. John was... You know, he was the he was the tour. He was on... Uh, I mean, I don't know if it was Animalized or something. But he was on one of them that Bruce Kulick wasn't. That I thought that Bruce Kulick was on. But it was really Mark St. John. And then they did that dumbass grunge album uh, that sucked ass. Um fucking uh with domino oh it's so stupid no that's revenge that one's actually pretty Vinnie Vincent wrote that song that's one of my favorite albums yeah revenge kicks ass um I'm thinking about cause uh cause a live three that's cause when I listen when I do listen to Kiss I listen to a live three yeah. and it's because um yeah it is Eric Singer on drums but uh, it was at a time I think '93. It's just something about live performances that I hear. Even Van Halen from '93. There's just a just a just just a, almost just like a an extra fucking 
<laughs> that was when that Van Halen live album came out, wasn't it? Yeah, that's and I think, and, that, and there's it's something strange about that because that album just kicks ass, and other albums that were live that came out that year just kick ass. All right, name your and top I, three live albums. Uh, live right here, right now. Uh, Van Halen live at the Tokyo Dome. I thought was really good. And uh, Kiss Alive 3. Dope. I got, I got, li- I, that's a good what one. Did, what was my number one? What was my live number one? Live right what here, right now. Words? Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. That's, I'm, I'm good with that order. Okay, now, does, does, um, Live Without a Net count as a live album? I suppose it doesn't, and, and no, it doesn't count as a live album, but it, 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 it counts as a, because uh, Van Halen put it out, it's not like some documentary from, from, from like a third party type thing, like Van Halen put out Live Without a Net, yeah. you know what I mean? Okay. So, so I, I, I would consider that part of their catalog. But not an album, okay. The, but not an album. Okay, but so it's it going to be. Catalog, and I think it counts. And I think it counts. It's going to be uh, live right here, right now. Yeah. Then un- un- uh, a live three. And just because yeah. I love, I have it on vinyl and I love the artwork. I love the artwork on that album. Um, yeah. And then my, my third one, shit, what's it going to be? Uh. Fuck. I'm gonna have to say it's this it's a it's a live album by uh Volbeat. And really? it's because they cover right. some Johnny Cash. Oh yeah? And um dude it fucking dude it kicks ass, dude. It's a it's a dope one. Did, did Volbeat put a good put a good what what uh what cash tunes did they cover? I uh, know they covered Ring Johnny of Fire. Cash. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, I, I I like Bobby. They're they're one of the bands that like I don't listen to much, but I really dig them, cause like their heavy influences yeah. is Elvis and like Johnny Cash. So they got the There's real. There's a couple of bands. Down. Volby and bands like Volby. A lot of bands like that are on a record label called I think it's Metal Blade Records. Yeah. But uh. It used to be. I know that a lot of metal bands used to be on Roadrunner records. I don't know what, but anyway, those types of bands, I like a good handful of them. But I find that I end up as soon as I discover them. Anyway, uh, I usually like bands that I already like a lot. They're fucking side projects. Yeah. Like, like Tool. I love Tool, and I like Pussifer. You know, yeah. Green Jello, which I mean. I love Green Jello. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, and, and bands that do that. Like I don't think has. I don't know. I to be honest, if Metallica, any member of Metallica did that, like join a supergroup, I wonder how that would be. Like you know, how some people are like form like supergroup with people. I wonder how a, a supergroup would be with just one member of Metallica, and if it was which member, somebody, who would it be? What okay? What if it be. was? What if it was? It either it either be 
I could could definitely see Kirk. I could definitely see Kirk Hammett fucking doing a side project with like a couple other bad motherfuckers. I could see. Yeah, I want to see another. I want to see another like uh, like damn Yankees or you know like bands like that. Cause even dude, even Johnny Depp, um, that fucking he can get some big names on his ticket, man. Dude. Fucking. But I want to see. I want to see another like Damn Yankees or another HSAS or something like that. Who, who would you put uh, together as a, as a band? Probably. Well, because because the purpose of that shit is just to write like one out a one and done type thing. Yeah. Because dude, you wouldn't be able to fit all their egos in a fucking room. Man. <laughs> uh, but it would be Kirk. It would be Kirk Hammett on lead guitar. Okay. It'd be Kirk Hammett on fucking lead on lead guitar. Who's your bass? I'm thinking bass. Well, he wouldn't do it, but it, uh, this uh, Chris Novoselic from uh, Nirvana. Okay. I'd like to see him do it, uh, but. Knowing that I, I don't think he would do something like that, um, face. Uh, Billy Sheehan. Uh, Billy Sheehan. Okay. That's a good okay. one. Okay, and then drum, huh? That's a good one. Billy Sheehan? Alright, so rhythm guitar. Yeah, Billy Sheehan for bass. Rhythm guitar. Uh,. Like Pat Smear from fucking Foo Fighters. Hell He's yeah. good, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Pat Smear. Because I can't say Chris Shifflett because he's, he's just too good. And Dave Grohl is much like... Dave Grohl plays with Chris Shifflett much like James Hetfield plays with Kirk. Like, James is just ripping it. And Kirk is the one that's, you know... Doing all the intricate. And that's how it is in the Foo... Yeah, yeah. It's Chris Shifflett's the real intricate. So it would be Pat Smear on rhythm, and for vocals, dude, I'd uh, I'd probably fucking throw um, uh, dude, I'd put Wolfgang on fucking vocals, man. Dude, fuck yeah, I didn't even think of that. That yeah, would he's be. Got a good he's, voice, got, he's, got good, he's got some good. He's got some good pipes. I, I couldn't believe that. I saw that different kind of truth tour in 2012 and he was still young and I and I got to hear the sound check Eddie did, did his own sound check but Wolfgang did his sound check too and him and his dad and uncle uh, fucking did uh, Unchained for the sound check and it was Wolfgang singing and because we could listen to it outside the door you couldn't see it yeah. and uh but I mean, you know if that's Eddie Van Halen playing, because he started with the with the fucking elephant and all that shit. And um, I was like, who the fuck is singing that? And then you know you start listening to this mammoth stuff, and he's got a good voice, man. Yeah, it just makes me, uh, I, yeah, I'd like to see that. I mean, hell, them crooked vultures. It's got the guy from I mean, Dave Grohl, John Paul Jones from Led Zeppelin. Uh, and uh, Chris Holmes from 
Oh man, I love that man. Why is it slipping right? Queens of the Stone Age. Dude. So check. The lead singer for Queens of the Stone Age. So so check my lineup. So I gotta go. I'll I'll start with Kirk Hammock on on lead guitar. Uh, All right, who's your bass? Scott Ian. Oh man. Hit my my rhythm. That goes, another, that goes a whole other direction because if Billy Sheehan's on it, you're going more like glammy, Rocky. With yours, you're going in like the yeah. Like now now, now check. Here's All my right. my rhythm guitarist. He's normally All a lead right. guitar, but they, 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 uh, he's he. I'm gonna put him as a rhythm, and it's Lars Fredrickson. Yeah, I can see that. All right. Um, my vocals, Alice Cooper. <laughs> Fuck you yeah. Think he can keep up no, no, Scotty? no. Better, better. I'm I'm gonna put Ice T on my vocals because his body count shit's fucking kick ass. He, he's got he's got the he's got the metal pipes, and um, my drums, yeah. my drummer is going to be. Fucking Dave Grohl. There you go. It's an interesting lineup, man. <laughs> but that would be that would still. I would just wonder because with Scott Ian, he plays fast, and he actually he ain't a bass player that. Uh, I mean, yeah. He ain't a player that. Uh, they all play uh, fast. Uh, like even Lars yeah. is fast. Dave's fast. Like, dude. That would be like some speed metal shit right there. But, uh, you know, I don't know how Scott Gideon is on bass. I'm sure he's good. He's usually on the guitar. But he'd be fast. He'd have to keep up with him. He fucking... Wow. Yeah, no, because, I mean, Dave Grohl, he played bass on, um... Uh, there's a couple songs at that Wembley show. But he can play anything. A lot of those bands, yeah. like super groups, don't they can play anything. So it's like, it's kind of funny because with lineups like that, you don't really have to choose them based off of um, what they might play in their band currently. Like, yeah. I say Billy Sheehan on bass, but hell, I could I could maybe throw him on rhythm guitar because I know he can play it, you know? Yeah. Hell, you could put Scotty in on drums, and I bet it would be fast and funky. Dude, it would be. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, um, let's get these fucking super bands out there. <laughs> I think, yeah, well, number one, I mean, I, I'm, like, speaking of that, man, that, that's what I've never, it's obviously one thing, one of those things that I just, like, oh, I can't believe I did that shit, because, uh, uh, it was a super group in town in San Francisco, and I said, you know what? I I, I think it was a, a Temple of the Dog, and I was gonna go. And tickets were not that much, but I said I walked. I went there at the Bill Grimm, and I said, you know what? Um, I hear Soundgarden. I think Soundgarden's getting back together, and because I don't really like Eddie better, I'm not a very big girl fan. Man, I just you know, I, I think Pearl Jam is great, but but I don't listen to Pearl Jam. I just 
Eddie Vedder's voice doesn't resonate with me. Yeah. But I know how important he is, and I know how important Pearl Jam is. So yeah. I didn't want to. I did not want to go to that concert because fucking Eddie Vedder is the lead singer, but Chris Cornell was in Temple of the Dog, and I said, you know what? I'm gonna hold out because I guarantee you, Soundgarden. They'll totally play San Francisco. And then, yeah, he was gone shortly after that concert. Dude, that's what bummed me the fuck out about the Guns N' Roses. Is it was them and ACDC, and not long after, Malcolm Young passed away. Like, I know. It was one of his last shows. Man. Uh, I mean, it, it just... It's crazy how that is, man. But that's why I think Supergroups could be a good, like... I'm not going to say revamping anything, but a super group can be like a, it's like stadium shows now, right? What do, what do we, there's a pattern. It seems like stadium shows now are always this. Molly Crew, Def Leppard, because you got to, you got to get a couple of bands that can, on their own, carry a whole arena. So you have the security of that. And, then you throw in a couple other acts that, you know, on their own, they wouldn't fucking draw a fucking 2,000-seater. But since, well, they're with, they know what they're doing. But I think if they had a big super group um, that did that, you know, it'd be, a, it'd be a big deal. It'd be a really big deal. Dude, time for a fucking monster dab. Been smoking flour this whole uh, podcast. Now time to do a dab. <laughs> time to do a dab. Yeah. All right. But I think a super group would bring, uh, like, if, if they're, let's say, like, a big super group was doing, like, a, a stadium tour, I think they could pull it off because that seems to be the only thing that's going on as far as big concerts. Like, you get, you, you get a big name and uh, you throw on some other people with them just to ensure that or big festivals. Good shit, yeah, dude. When we saw... Foreigner, Journey, and Def Leppard. Who was in yeah. concert with? Who was rocking out like five feet from us at Def Leppard? Fucking the Hell's Angels thought it was a. Thought I had the same thoughts we had that evening. Yeah. They go see a show. <laughs> and it cracked me up. They they only showed up for Def Leppard. <coughs> yeah, they didn't. They only showed up. For, and that's the thing too, man. Like, well, like, like, like. like I seriously doubt the Hell's Angels when they're in their clubhouse. And they said, hey man, hey, let's go here fucking. Let's this is some Journey. To a Journey concert. What they probably said was, hey, fucking Def Leppard's in town, but uh, Journey's before them, so. No, Journey was so after. I'll have somebody call us. <coughs> well, the window. It was Foreigner. It was Foreigner, Def Leppard, then Journey. <laughs> they skip Foreigner and Journey. 
I remember the electricity went bad. I thought that somebody pissed Joe Elliott off and he was going to walk <laughs> off stage, dude. I swear I thought that. Because I've seen concerts that that <clears throat> Fuck yeah, Willie Nelson did that not too long ago. I mean, that can, act, that can start a problem, man. Like, I, I know that some bands, I know that, dude, I don't think Axel would do it these days, but... <laughs> you know, you're in a big arena, a big arena, and uh, I, let's say the power goes out, that's one thing, but when somebody throws shit on stage, and then one of the members of the band says, hey, if, you, if anybody throws any fucking thing up here again, we're out of here, and they can and they can do it, man, because, you know, their contract for whatever that right. night is, that's just null and void uh, if they start getting pelted. You know, they can... They, they'll still get paid and they can leave whenever if they start you know so yeah Willie Nelson but, had a laser pointer pointed at him and he walked right off stage yeah I mean he's, he's, he's you know he's just yeah Axl Rose stopped a big concert um in the 80s in Brazil I believe it was and them motherfuckers went nuts so you do have to be careful in that situation you know cause Willie Nelson if Willie Nelson's in concert and the, sh- and the ticket says 8 o'clock, you, you probably want to probably show, if you, if you don't want to wait around forever uh, and you want to see Willie, if the ticket says 8, you need to show up around 11.30. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then he'll, he'll just be uh, probably another 25 minutes. Then he'll come walking out. Like oh. like he hadn't and like he's not three hours fucking late. So I mean, that that is one thing I don't get about Willie Nelson, man. Like I figure somebody with him, like there's just a degree of like, hey man, uh, there's a lot of people in the in the uh, in, if I were on, I, I just feel like I would feel this way if I were on that level. I'd be like. You know, these people pay a lot of money to Hold up. Yeah. Oh. 
where are we at? <coughs> what were we saying? Oh, uh, I was talking about the super group bands. Oh, fuck now. yeah. Next podcast, we will be, we, we gotta dabble in the super groups. I just think it's a good idea, man, because I don't, I don't want to keep seeing that fucking trend of just, <coughs> okay, <coughs> Def Leppard, which I love Def <coughs> I love Def Leppard, and they're an arena band, but like, it's like the only way big concerts are able to happen now, that's why I think they should switch it up and make like, do a big super group and, and tour, and, and you know, I'm not going to say charge the fuck out of people because I don't like that shit, man. Concerts used to, you know, it really chaps my ass to see that, man. To see concert tickets that fucking expensive. The cost, ticket costs more than a second mortgage. Yeah, if you get a second I mean, mortgage in your house to buy concert three, tickets. Dude, $3,000 to see Bruce Springsteen, dude? I mean, are you kidding me, man? Are you kidding me? <coughs> It's unbelievable. I wouldn't pay. I would not pay a hundred bucks to see him, man. But uh, yeah, we'll continue this on. We need to keep uh, keep this on the. This this should always be a weekend staple, man. We because we're cool, man. People listen to cool people. Yeah. And nobody's fucking cooler than the butt with mud in it and the box with a big fucking nasty lunch in it. Uh. Fuck yeah. Well, dab on, lunchbox, dab on, everybody. Hell yeah. I'll talk to you soon. All right, later, big girl. Signing off. Oh, yeah. And that will conclude this morning. Sunday. It's a beautiful Sunday morning sesh with lunchbox and mud butt. Woo. All right, dude. Beautiful day. It's about 85 in here. Fucking uh, hope y'all enjoyed the show. It was total random. Did not stick to any subject, but you know what? That's what we like to do. So we uh both now definitely will be able to start getting this back into the routine schedule. So keep listening for the next show. Lunchbox out.